So on this episode of the Tough Juice Podcast, we had the luxury of interviewing one of our family personal favorites, Cassie Athena, and she did a remarkable job at talking about some of the things that she was extremely passionate about, one of the best photographers out there on this platform when you're talking about gathering lifestyle content and also overcoming adversity. She also touched on the ownership space and how she was able to navigate through that and be a true pioneer slash trailblazer for so many behind her. Be sure to subscribe to the Tough Juice podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your pods. So you had to tell me a little bit about the beginning. Like a lot of people always trying to, you know, just assume that everybody had this microwavable success. Yeah. Like talk about your beginning and how you got started. Uh, well, a little bit is my dad. He loves to take pictures as a hobby of me and my brother when I was younger. So when I was growing up, I kind of always associated taking pictures with capturing memories, not so much like photo shoots and stuff. And so I, I started to do, um, you know, I started to do a little bit as I got into high school, just take pictures of my friends. And then when I got into college, I played basketball for a, a community college out here. And I love like the team atmosphere, taking pictures of my teammates. And then I made friends with the guys. So then I started just kind of organically shooting sports because that's what I was around. And then uh, once I started going to the bigger university, I had an art professor I just took a random like art class and he was like, hey, you should, he did videos for the Laker games, like the intros where oh, like wow. they do all the graphics and he was like, you should start doing some video pictures and mix it with sports. And he was the first one that kind of connected like I could actually make a career out of something I'm passionate about. And I wasn't too passionate about playing basketball. I wanted to do, but I still want to be in that world. So after starting doing that, I started shooting the guys teams, the girls teams and you know, 2011 was when the lockout happened, and then everybody was out here, and I kind of knew how to use a camera. I didn't really have a lot of experience because I didn't really take classes. I just did it for fun. Um, but there were so many people out here, and that's when I found out about the Drew League, and down there, there was no photography. I was the first person to take pictures there, and that's when social media was starting to come around, and the players just loved it. They're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, send me that flick, and it just kind of started taking off from there. Um, I also made sure to put a watermark on my photos because I learned like the internet, you know, people steal stuff real fast. ASAP. And then that over time has developed now too. But, you know, that's kind of how I started getting around like the NBA guys and mixing my passion of photography with sports. Yeah, so when did you get the confidence? Because you said, you know, your dad and like, who did you show your first photo to? <laughs> I stay with people I went to school with. So yeah. when I was shooting like the local college teams, like they would get so excited and seeing their emotions made me more excited. Cause to me, I never, you know, took any classes. So I thought my work wasn't that great. But when I see other people's reactions, it kind of gave me more confidence to keep going. And then same with when I was around the NBA guys, it's, you know, they see amazing pictures all the time and they're like, oh, send me your pictures. I love them. And then it kind of started boosting my, okay, like I think I could do this. Yeah. So, and then I got published in Sports Illustrated as my first ever thing during the lockout. And it was probably more so because I was the only one covering that stuff. But to me, I was like, I made it. Like, yo, this yeah. is crazy. So after that, all that little stuff starts to kind of like, I'm going to just do it whether it's good or not. You know, I like it too. So, so how many years went by or how many years of this grinding before that Sports Illustrated thing happened? Well, see, I thought that when I, I had made it, that was 2011 when I got in Sports <laughs> Illustrated, the lockout, 
And I didn't get another paid gig for like years after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, because nobody, when the lockout ended, nobody wanted to hire me because I wasn't a professional photographer. I wasn't really trained. And so no one took me serious. So after that, I realized I really have to like build my name in this industry. So every summer, whether it's the Drew League or going out to other leagues or hanging out with players, you know, come shoot my kid's birthday party, come shoot our flag football game. And I started turning into the lifestyle NBA photographer because nobody would hire me to do the on-court stuff, to do the, you know, Sports Illustrated, New York Times, LA Times. Like, I didn't have an opportunity to do that. So, but I have relationships with players. So it turned into like, hey, I have this workout. And a lot of players I've noticed is during the summertime, you see, you know, the finals, then you see the NBA draft, you see summer league, and then it's like black for two months. You don't see NBA players. But really, they're working out, they're training, they're doing stuff, but the fans don't see it because nobody ever covered it. But now the lockout kind of forced this whole narrative of like, hey, look, players actually do stuff outside of NBA games and all that stuff. So I think I kind of helped push that part of it. And now it's like a huge social media thing to capture, you know, what players do off the court and, you know, in their free time and fashion. But that was kind of something I was forced to start off with. And now it's kind of turned into a whole like lifestyle, cultural thing. So did you always see that there was a void in that space because I see like the Getty images and I see like some of the photographers yeah. on that platform that have been on that platform for 30, 40, 50 years even. Yeah. Uh, and they got a little long in the tooth. So did you want to disturb the market a little bit? I feel like I, it kind of happened by accident. I didn't go into it thinking that I was doing something different because to me, I was an athlete. So to me, this is something I saw all the time with my yeah. teammates and all that. But as I started getting into that photography space, I definitely realized, why has nobody been doing this? Like you said, you know, 30, 40 years. But then it, I realized, too, it because they don't have the relationships to get that access. You can only get a credential if it's a credentialed event. But you can't, you know, ask a player, hey, let me get a credential to your 30th birthday party. They're not going to do that. So um, I definitely started realizing that the relationships I was building was special. And a lot of people around me kept saying, you know, your network is your net worth. And I was like, I'm not making money. Yeah. I'm around all these millionaires and, you know, superstars, but I didn't see any value in it. And then now as I've gotten older and, like, gotten more into it, I see, wow, relationships are super valuable. It's yeah. everything. It's, it's everything. Priceless. Yeah. So, but it took, you know, years of building the relationships to get to that point. Yeah. So I was thinking, and I see all the content stuff that you do. Yeah. Where does that trust comes from with, like, the athlete or the, the talent or whoever you're shooting and the photographer to just yeah. be like, you know what, I'm going to let you into this space. Right. <laughs> Which is not easy to get, you know. I feel like I'm the only one that does this too. Um, it, it honestly started just like on a very micro level where I made friends with, you know, very certain people in L.A. It was kind of like the Drew League, so they started seeing my face. So the L.A. guys got familiar with me. And then it was players like Brandon Jennings or Paul George <clears throat> and I would just kind of like have conversations with them and their family and they were like, hey, you know, come, you know, shoot this workout. And then as they started to slowly see the trust building, uh, they, it, just, it took years. And I would say after those, those are like the two first players that really were giving me a chance, even though they didn't really know me, but they were kind of familiar with me. Um, they were giving me a chance to like have access to their personal lives. And then I got in touch with the game, the rapper, because he played at the Drew. Yeah. And I was telling him how I was frustrated that nobody would hire me. And, you know, and being a music entertainer, you have to be your own entrepreneur. You can't just sit there and wait for a label, you know. So game taught me a lot about just how to be my own boss and do all that stuff. But also, like, the moments that I was capturing with him 
a lot of people were like, wow, you're putting out a lot of positive stuff. And I'm around this, you know, rappers tend to have negative images. Like they go out to the clubs or they go out to this and that. And everything I'm posting is like game with his kids at AAU tournaments and music videos. And I think the rappers and, and the music artists I work with, it was spilling into the basketball world where they were like, okay, cool. Like if you're making them look really good, then I trust you too. Yeah. So, so I think it was kind of like a mixture of like the basketball, music, all of that stuff put together. So. so in your eyes, like how important is ownership? Because you talked about game and myself, I felt like ownership and I always felt like this like we own a leaf paper uh we do a lot of content stuff where our production company produces it and I feel like it's so important it's paramount to control your own narrative at times don't let no one else control your narrative when you talk about game and uh, him being with his kids and stuff like that so why is it so important for you to be an owner in this space I feel like it's you know a big collaboration because the fact, like I told you, nobody wanted to hire me. It turned into I started becoming my own boss with photography. But then I started learning that players really had control of their own brands, especially more now with social media. Yeah. And they're really able to present themselves whatever way they want to present it. And I feel like that's why a lot of the athletes now have such huge brands because you can have podcasts like this. You can have media outlets, production companies, you know, all the different stuff people are doing. And so I feel like it just kind of worked out because at the same time that I was growing, the players were growing. And it just made like sense as a partnership of, you know, being able to help them. But also I learned a lot, you know, from them about, you know, if I had worked for a clothing company, like a big brand, all that stuff, they own all my photos. If I had worked for the NBA, they own all my photos. So a lot of the stuff that I know now, back then I was like, I just want to work for a media outlet. And now I'm so thankful that... I have built my own brand because, you know, like you said, I own all my own photos, my content, and I'm able to help other people own their stuff, too. Yeah, I, I want to touch on something that you talked about. That that pocket and that period of time where you was just, you know, kind of without a job or anything for yeah. an extended period of time. Like, how did you navigate through that process? Yeah. So I graduated in 2010 and I graduated doing animation, so it was nothing to do with you know what I do now. And I was trying to find a job, and nobody would hire me. And the lockout happened, and then even then, I told you I couldn't get a job. So I started working at a visual effects studio, and I had interned at this studio for you know six months for free. I got a job. I was making like the bare minimum, and I would work anywhere from like 15 to 20 hours every day. And then I'd get off work and go to the nearest like basketball game, like Long Beach State, Cal State Northridge, just take pictures of whoever was available. And I started like, it was just getting so frustrating because I love basketball, but I couldn't make money doing it. So I worked at this visual effects studio for about a year. And they Doing what up, actually though? So I was like a producer and a coordinator <laughs> on TV shows. Okay. And so what we would do is like they would film the TV shows on green screens and stuff and then they would give us the footage and we'd have to add all the backgrounds and make everything look real. You know, just visual effects is all just like the CGI computer stuff. Gotcha. So it's, you know, whatever. It could be from adding a monster to taking out a background. To, <laughs> I worked on like True Blood. I worked on twi- like all kinds of just big movies and stuff like that. So... um so, but then I just kind of got burned out because I kept going back to basketball, but there's no money to be made in it. And then the company actually ended up letting me go because one of their reasons was I talked about basketball too much. So they were just like, <laughs> yeah, they were like, you got to chill. So um, they let me go. But the, the owner of the company, he, he really liked me a lot. And so he was like, look, we're going to let you go. But my brother works for Fox Sports and I could get you a plug to go shoot your first NBA game. 
And so I was like, okay. So I got to go sit courtside and shoot my first game. And I was like hooked after that. I was like, okay, this is like, he even saw the passion. And he was like, if I don't let you go, like you'll stay here forever. Like you need to, you know, get a kick to go. So I was kind of offended, but actually it like helped me. Cause I probably still want to work there. So. so your passion got you fired. Then it got you hired. Yeah. So, and it was cool. Cause you know, getting to see that side of it. And then, but then it was still tough trying to make money in that field. You know, I shot one game, but it wasn't like Fox hired me. It was just like, cool, now you have a taste of it. Go figure out how to make it work. And so then it took about, I would say like another year or two. And then I got hired. Um, I got to go with the Elite 24 for Under Armour and go shoot that in New York, which is the top, you know, 24 high school players in the country. And that was in 2013. And that was my first ever time shooting high school players because I'd only been doing the NBA offseason stuff. And then that class was like Devin Booker, D'Angelo Russell, Stanley Johnson. Some heavy know. hitters. Yeah, but back then yeah. it was like, you know, high school wasn't as much of a thing to cover as it is now. So I was taking pictures of them, sending it for their Instagrams. They'd post it. And then as they continued to grow, I kind of grew with them. So when they got drafted, a lot of them were like, oh, I feel like you got drafted with me because... As they got bigger, they'd say, oh, I want Cassie to shoot me. You know, this Adidas shoot, I want Cassie to be there. So as they started to get bigger and the players started to grow, even the NBA guys I knew, like Paul, Brandon, James Harden, DeMar, as they got bigger, they still kind of looped me into their brands and their circles. And that started helping me get more jobs with brands and companies and athletes. So it kind of just like spread out all over. And then I, I was able to really make money. First, I was on unemployment for like a while, and then it started taking off, and I was able to make money off of just taking pictures. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I, I look at some of the stuff like immediately when you walked in, yeah. and you were just like, I got a high school game I got to shoot. <laughs> and even though I, in my eyes, watching you from afar and just watching your growth, and mm-hmm. uh, you're here with it, and you're just continuing to excel in your space, but also you're still humble and you're staying grassroots because you know what got you there. Right. Where does that come from? It, I mean, it has to come from my family, I guess. You know, I was just always raised. My mom's from Serbia, and, you know, she came to America when she was young, and she has, like, a million cousins, and I have a million cousins. So I just grew up with a huge family, and I just always, you know, love building relationships with people and family. And to me, that's the most important thing. You know, I don't want to burn people to get to where I want to get in life because it just you're not going to be happy ever. So photography has always been this space of something I'm passionate about and I love. And so I'm very careful with that. I don't want to I don't want to like be more stressful than it has to be. So I try to, you know, and plus also you never know, like everything given to you can be taken away at any time. Mm. And I've seen people that have kind of had fast success and then they disappear right away. So I'm definitely grateful Um, Another thing is when I was in college, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and a lot of that shaped how I, you know, just view life in general because I was, I was 21 years old and I was diagnosed as, I was still a junior in college and um, they didn't know how long I had had the tumor and then when I actually had surgery to remove it, they realized I've had it since I was probably like 14 and it had just grown over the years and it wasn't cancerous but it definitely was in the balanced part of my brain so when they removed it, I had no problems before that, but after they removed it, I couldn't walk for months. I couldn't, felt like dizzy all the time. And just going through that process while trying to still be a student in school, it just kind of made me reanalyze like, okay, God wants me here for a reason. There's a bigger purpose to why I'm supposed to be here. 
So even now when I get super stressed out, I'm like, okay, I could have not been alive for the past 10 plus years. So I'm glad to be here. You know, even if it's good or bad, it's still, I'm here. So So whenever you go through things, the highs and lows, is that like your biggest backdrop where you go back to and in that time and that space and just reflect on what you didn't have and what you was going through and what hurdles you had to get over? Yep, definitely. You know, with my own stuff. Um, another thing too, I give my mom a lot of credit. She used to send me to Serbia every summer. Mm-hmm. And at first I used to hate it because I didn't really speak the language. None of my cousins knew English. And it's a very poor country. So all the fun stuff you have here, they don't have Wi-Fi over there. They didn't have all that. And that also humbled me out too, is like seeing how my cousins live and they're just like so amazing and great people. And all of these different things have helped me. So I, I definitely, that's why I fall back on family. I fall back on my personal experiences and there's no, there's no need to be mean to people. Nobody likes being treated mean, so why be like that to others? And, and that's a great example. And you're so open. And like It seems like you're giving back. Uh, what are some of the things that you're doing like now that you have this amazing platform? I know that you gave back in a major way to our daughter, Mia, who was just like going crazy and trying to skip school today. I almost let her do it. Trying to skip school to come here and be part of this interview just to see you. But, cool. you know, you inspired her and, and that's the path in the lane that she's trying to go down too. Right. So what are you trying to do, you know, going forward with your brand and with your platform? Well, I, I, examples like that, I've had a lot of you know, young people, especially young girls, reach out to me and say, hey, I didn't even think I could, you know, be in the sports world like that, take pictures. I like that. So I've had with Instagram, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and tell me that I've inspired them. And at first I was just doing my own thing. I didn't realize I was actually, you know, inspiring other people to be creative and do their stuff, too. So more lately, I've definitely been trying to push the narrative also of like female empowerment in the sports world because there really isn't a lot of women in this industry and especially as a sports photographer you might see more analysts or more people in front of the camera but behind the camera if you look courtside you know it might be me and that's it sometimes and and like to me that's okay but because I, I just never felt uncomfortable in that space but now that I'm more aware of it and I'm aware of other people aren't having opportunities I want to be able to highlight other women and I want to be able to share their stories because a lot of times their stuff gets pushed under the rug you know I went to shoot some WNBA games this summer and I have never shot a WNBA game because I just didn't know players and I was just like so impressed how cool the games were the atmosphere like those players are obviously amazing and I feel like now they're starting to get more recognition too and I think it's just really cool because there are a lot of really cool women in the sports world they just don't get highlighted as much Mm. but if I'm able to give a voice to people like that, I think that's really cool. So I've been trying to definitely, with my platform now, find ways to just give those outlets and the, you know that voice to people that might feel they don't have a voice. How tough is it for a woman in this space? Because I we, we've had guests like Carrie Champion, Kristen Leahy come on the show and they talk about just as a journal a journalist and being on a national platform, it's extremely tough yeah. for women in all these different male-dominated professions. So how how is it for you, and what are you trying to change? It's tough, but I definitely also feel I use it to my advantage as well. Like, it's definitely not like, oh, it's so hard. Like, there's a lot of situations where, you know, I stand out a lot more. Because now a lot of times NBA players will have their own, you know, little camera crew of photographers at games, and they're a lot easier to hide in the crowd. I've seen a lot of guys with cameras go sit in the crowd and they can kind of blend in. But with me, I stand out everywhere. Like 
six foot tall blonde girl. They're like, no, nope, you got a camera, <laughs> like you gotta go. And I'm like, there's like seven other guys in the crowd, but you know, so I stand out everywhere I go. So, and a lot of times I'm getting access without like necessarily allowed to have access. You know, I sneak into a lot of events. I kind of play dumb sometimes, like, oh, I don't know. You know, so I've done it, I've done it before where I'm like, oh, I don't know how to use this camera. And they're like, all right. And then I'm taking like insanely cool pictures. So um, I've definitely played both sides of it. And it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, a, a lot of times. <laughs> you got to tell me your craziest story about that one. Like, like, what did you get in or was not supposed to be in that you just like played like you was extremely dumb and got some of the best content ever? There was a there was a celebrity game in at Barclays Center in New York like okay. years ago, and I happened to be out there for something else, and I couldn't get a press pass. They wouldn't let me in, so I just bought a ticket and I walked in, and I had a huge camera lens, and they're like, "Oh, you can't bring in you know camera equipment like this." So I was like, "Oh, it's just like a camera. I don't really know how to use it." And they're like, all right, like they figured I didn't know how to use it. And then I went and I sat like second row and it was like Chris Brown dunking and Rihanna and it was like James Harden. It was like all these celebrities and like my pictures went viral everywhere. But, oh, so that's I didn't cold. have a press pass, but I got cool pictures from the stands. Best content. Yeah, and because I was friends with all those people, they all posted on Instagram instead of the photographers that were all fighting down there. They so, were mad. Yeah, they're like, how'd you get that angle? You know, but I was just hiding in the crowd. So that time it worked out for me. But, Perfectly. Yeah, so like I've done stuff like that before, and it you know so that's an advantage sometimes you know like I let people that's crazy. you know <laughs> miss they underestimate me, but there's other times where um, you know I, I've definitely been around a lot of guys who they tend to not like me being around their space or you know they try to discredit like my work you know one time I was shooting it was before a game and it was uh, the press room it was all guys. And I was like doing my lipstick and he's like, oh, see, you care more about your looks than actually taking good pictures. Oh, wow. And it was just like, my pictures are actually better than his. <laughs> but it was just like, you know, and just I was just like, out there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I just didn't say anything. I was like, all right, cool. But that's kind of the perception they have because I want to be able to dress up. And I see a lot of female photographers, sometimes they don't dress up because I feel like they don't want anybody to feel like they're more focused on themselves than their work. But I think that's stupid. I feel like you can do both. Like you can look good and you can feel good and take, you know, good pictures. It's like athletes, like athletes are the new runway fashion models at yeah, every game. You know, they dress nice. They don't have to do that, but you know, they're dressing up, they feel good, they play good. You know, they're just athletes. Like you can't say stuff like that because people are all like, we're more than just one thing. So no I think it's kind of cool. And I see like the players, the players have been supporting me as a female before any kind of like women empowerment was being talked about. You know, they never thought I'm going to give Cassie the opportunity because she's a woman. It's just like, yo, I really like Cassie. She takes cool pictures. Like, come like they never thought about, oh, you're a female. But in like in hindsight, now they look at it. They're like, yeah, they were, you know, helping my career. But they didn't, you know, they didn't look at it like that. They just thought it was cool. But it did inspire a lot more people, which is pretty cool, too. That's crazy. What is your style? Because I know you got style. <laughs> but what is your style like when you're like shooting shots? Like, yeah. what are you going for? What type of feel? What type of vibe are you going for? Yeah. Or is just like it's organically happening for you? For me, I love to capture like the emotions of people during the games. Like I love the crazy action shots. I love the dunks, you know, the moments where you're like, you know, jumping out of your seat screaming. Uh, but I also just like to capture the lifestyle during the games too. Like that's something I really that's like. Crazy. 
So if I'm sitting courtside at a game and I'm next to the bench, I want to get the guys like making faces at me or, you know, interacting with each other. And then I love shooting off-court lifestyle stuff. I really love showing NBA players, basketball players, high school players in their other elements. I want to show that, you know, athletes are not just athletes. They're more than that. There's all kinds of different elements. And people have, you know, I'm shooting Victor Oladipo singing. And then I'm shooting <laughs> another player, you know, painting pictures. And it just shows, like, and th these are all, like, amazing players. But they have amazing talent outside of just playing basketball. And I... And I love being able to showcase the stuff that people wouldn't normally get to see. So that's why I don't necessarily push to be at every basketball game or every, you know, major event. I want to go to the stuff where I'm the only person shooting or it's like really hard to get access because that's the kind of stuff where they, you know, guys will open up. Like I got to shoot, you know, like Steph Curry's 30th birthday and I got oh, to wow. shoot, you know, like all-star weekend for different players and and i got to see like a different side that wasn't necessarily a credentialed event outside stuff and that's the kind of stuff i love to to be a part of and capture moments that are nobody else gets to see speaking of lifestyle you do weddings you do all those <laughs> events also not exactly so in la it would make sense if i did do headshots and okay. weddings but um to me i feel like if i start turning photography into a job then i won't like it so, Ooh. like, I don't want to shoot stuff I don't want to shoot. I've always been really stubborn with that. So, if an NBA player asked me to shoot his wedding, I probably would do it. But if it's somebody I don't know, I probably wouldn't. And it more so comes down to not just because it's a basketball player, but it's because I'm in that world. Like, that's my community of friends and family now. You know, the basketball world is very small. And once you start making friends... Fraternity. So, yeah, exactly. And so, I feel like I'm a part of that. So, any... NBA events I go to, high school, college, basketball game, I'm going to see people I know. And to me, that's fun. It's just like, oh, it's all the friends, homies, you know. <laughs> so I tend to not want to shoot other stuff because I have before. I've shot events. I did a lot of red carpets. I've done parties for celebrities. And it's just, I don't like shooting people I don't know. It's not fun. It turns into more work than... And I, the money isn't, like, my main focus. I want to focus on my passion and figure out how to make money there, so... I'm stubborn with that. But. But how beautiful is it to say that after, you know, 2010, 2011, struggling, no job, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, you get to select and choose what yeah. you want to do because you're your own owner. Yeah. Like, how, like, <laughs> like awesome. how amazing is that? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, today is, what, a Tuesday, and I could come do a whole podcast with you. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's living the dream. You know, I don't have to wake up and do something anybody else tells me. I get to do what I want to do and talk to people I want to be around. And I think that's the, the coolest part. It can be a little more stressful because it's not as consistent. But, you know, big risk, big reward. So I'm kind of, I can't complain. Right. So the funniest... The funniest shoot you've ever done. <laughs> wow. Is Swaggy P somewhere in there or? Well, you know about the meme, right? No. Oh, okay. That's funny. You said Swaggy P. Then. No, I just I just know that he's somewhere in it because he's like one of the funniest dudes I ever played with. Okay, so have I don't know if you've seen it. Then there's a Nick Young meme. Have you ever seen this meme with question marks and he looks okay. like really confused? I, I created that meme, and it's like billions of people have seen it now. Oh, like, wow. It's like super viral. I did not know you created yeah. that. So, so they took your watermark off. Well, so this is the thing. <laughs> In, around 2013, I was around players' lives so much. I was like, I should film them too, not just do pictures. I want to film a day in their lives. And I knew how to do a little bit of video. And the first person I got to try out filming was Nick because he had just finished with the Sixers. He wasn't really like 
doing much. Their season ended early, so he let me film him for a whole day, and I filmed him at his mom's house, workouts, all that stuff. And then at one point, we were at his mom's house, and his mom said something like really wild, and he made this weird look. And when I filmed it, it, it was like so quick you wouldn't notice it. But later in post production, I paused it, I added question marks, <laughs> and but it was a video, so my watermark was in the corner. I don't have it like next to yeah. his face. So someone saw it, they added some funny caption or whatever, and it just went viral. It was like viral. To this day, people yeah, still use it. So. I've seen it. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like a mistake. I didn't think it was ever, you know, I, everyone says it's like, oh, she made the Nick Young meme, but that's not necessarily my greatest work, but that's probably my most viral work. So that was an interesting thing, too, going viral. <laughs> like, billions and billions of people have seen it, which is really, it's been in commercials, TV shows, all that's that. That's crazy. So Nick is definitely fun. Like I really like I like players that have big personalities and love being on camera. So him, Andre Drummond, like Rudy Gay, like those guys are are like you hilarious. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. let people film him. So yeah. he let me film him for like two days and I was like the whole time I was like laughing so hard I was crying because he just was like so funny. And that's the stuff I love is getting to see that side of the players. So the video kind of added another layer to what I was already doing with my photos. So I definitely say, you know, guys with big personalities, but the Nick Young thing's probably the most funny, I would say. That's crazy. <laughs> so what's 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 next for you? I mean, you you pretty much in done all the things that you really like doing and that you love doing and right. it's, it, it's not considered work because yeah. you have you know, you have a passion for it. But what's next going forward for you in this space? Yeah, that's always the hardest question because I never knew I could be where I'm at now since I kind of created my own job position. So next, you know, I definitely, I want to keep sharing stories, whether it's players' lives, the females in this industry, you know, just people around the scenes. Like, I love showing, like, stories, whether it's going to be video form, picture form. So I'm kind of working on some stuff with that right now. Um, I've been doing, you know, a lot more marketing side, even with my own brand. You know, I've, I have shirts now with my watermark. You know, that's turned into a thing just because I would put my watermark on photos so people wouldn't steal them. Now it's turned into a thing like, oh, if you get a Cassie Athena watermark, you're legit in the basketball world. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of cool. So now with my T-shirts, now players are wearing them. And that's turned into a whole other thing, too. So it's kind of cool seeing all the support. I don't really know what's next. I kind of just see what happens. But I'm definitely, you know, looking forward to whatever happens. Where can you get this merch? Uh, you can go. It's wearathena.com. Wearathena. Com. Yeah, it's a link in my Instagram bio. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, look, uh, I don't want to hold you up. I know you're busy for the rest of the day, but I truly want to just thank you for coming through. Yeah. And just let you know that you're an inspiration to so many. Thank you. And, you know, as a father of four girls and one that you've inspired so much, That's cool. Mia, she's just like... <laughs> blown away by you so thank you for taking time out for that of course she's a great volleyball player i had fun shooting her so, yeah. yeah you heard that babe <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank, thank you. you for having me Come i on, loved I appreciate it. it for sure yep. <laughs> Salute.